The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Masarowski. Here's what's happening. A hotel housing migrants on Genesee Street in Cheektowaga had to be evacuated Sunday due to damage from a broken sprinkler in the hotel. The hotel is said to be uninhabitable. DocGo, the agency placing migrants, is relocating the population to other hotels. It comes as 52 migrant children and their parents moved this weekend from Cheektowaga to an Amherst hotel. Supervisor Brian Culpa in Amherst on WBEN's Hardline yesterday was asked if the town is ready, if schools are ready. You know, New York State um, via New York City really steps up um, to ensure the school district has the resources it needs to deal with the influx. But again, you're not talking about a huge quantity. Amherst is a town of 130,000 people. Um, this is a really small number. This is we we have this many people that get displaced into Amherst via social services or women and protective or women and children's protective services, you know, on a on a regular basis. This isn't anything new for us, um, and, and I suspect not that new for the school district. Later today, a court hearing will be held on a restraining order. The Cheektowaga Town Board is seeking to prohibit local hotels from accepting more migrants. Over two months after a man died when a boat capsized at the Lockport Cave, the attraction has partially reopened. In a post on their website, operators of the Lockport Cave said it is once again accepting bookings for its throwback lantern lit and guided walking tours. Boat tours, however, are not available for reservation. The cave had been closed since mid-June when the city deemed it unsafe due to exposed electrical wires following that deadly accident. In Jacksonville, Florida Sheriff T.K. Waters releasing more details on the horrific racially motivated shooting rampage that happened Saturday. A 21-year-old white male allegedly shot and killed three black people in front of a and inside the Dollar General store. Police say the shooter fired multiple rounds before turning the gun on himself. As the community mourns, Jacksonville Mayor Donna Deegan addressed residents with a plea. All I will say is we must come together and we must start valuing all of our humanity. We all have the same blood. We all have the same bones. And I am so very, very deeply, deeply sorry that this has happened in this community once again. The three victims were 52, 29, and 19. A major test for the DA in Fulton County, Georgia, at a planned court hearing today, one of former President Trump's co-defendants, former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, will request that his trial be moved to federal court. Mark Meadows is accused of violating the Hatch Act, which prohibits federal employees from political activity while on the job. But today, his lawyers will argue that Meadows was only doing his job as Trump's aide when he tried to observe a non-public audit of the Georgia vote and when he set up the now infamous phone call between Trump and Georgia's Secretary of State. It's Ike Ijochi reporting. Well, how long... Will different flight patterns bringing planes over parts of western New York that usually don't see them last? WBEN's Tom Pucky gives us an update on construction on the airport's runway. All signs are pointing to an on-schedule completion of round one of runway rehabilitation, says the NFTA's Kelly Katib. It is still at this time um, ready to be wrapped up at uh, the beginning of September, first or second week. Uh, we're hoping uh, as long as the weather keeps holding and everything's 
keeps going how it is, then it should be wrapped up by that time. Katib says once that wraps up, things will be back to normal when it comes to flight patterns. She notes there is another round of renovations coming up. That's not going to be happening again until the spring or summer of 2025. Um, so that that'll be the next route with this. There is some more maintenance that you know that needs to be done, uh, but for for now they'll get a nice lull in between that time. Katib says the overall goal is making flights safer. Hear more with Katib online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thanks. The FAA says it is investigating several thousand pilots accused of hiding health issues. The pilots are also military veterans who failed to reveal that they were receiving disability benefits when they applied to fly commercial jets. The FAA ordered about 60 pilots who are also military veterans out of the cockpit amid an investigation into nearly 5,000 pilots who the FAA alleges falsified medical records. The Washington Post reports the probe, quote, has exposed long-standing issues in how the FAA medically screens pilots. That probe beginning in 2019, when the VA Inspector General's office became, quote, concerned that some pilots may be hiding mental health conditions or fraudulently receiving disability benefits. That's Zoreen Shah reporting. All right, uh, definitely a story to keep an eye on there. Well, Sabres fans last night gathered at the arena to remember the late voice of the Sabres, Rick Jenneret. I remember how quietly Rick used to make his way through the Key Bank Center and around our offices. But with a mic in his hands and a mic in front of him, oh my, could he command a moment, get everyone's attention, and paint a masterpiece with words. Rick helped me become a Sabres fan also. That was Sabres owner Terry Pagula who phoned in during the opening remarks of Sunday's tribute event to longtime Sabres play-by-play man Rick Jenneret, who died back on August 17th. Longtime Sabres equipment manager Rip Simonic is one of the very few who were around the organization just as long as Rick Jenneret was. My unfortunate remembrance is not to hear him on the radio or TV, but I listened to him a thousand times. And after we got in the locker room, RJ was down in the locker room congratulating Brad May. Dave Hannon especially because he had to wait all that time to have a beer after the game. (laughs) So long as I'm still alive, he's in my heart. While Sunday was a chance for many to recollect and share their memories of Generette, Western New York hockey fans were able to bask in the moment while also paying tribute to the man who was the voice of many hockey games for them over 51 seasons of Sabres hockey. He's the voice of hockey for me. I mean, as a Buffalo fan, you have, you know, your Bills fans or hockey fans. I've always been a Sabres fan and and whether I was on the road or at my dad's house or just whether I was here, I was always listening to RJ. He painted the picture of what you saw. Even I have friends who are blind who they loved because he painted the picture for you like nobody else could. That was Sabres fan AJ from West Seneca. So what was the call from Jenneret that many Sabres fans will remember for a lifetime? For season ticket holder Jack McFarlane from Cheektowaga, it's an easy one for him. Well, it's always a May Day, right? So up in Toronto, it's the Hall of Fame. That time they were honoring him, and that's what they used was as a May Day call. So that's the biggest thing will always stand in my mind. More from Sunday's tribute event to Rick Jenneret is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, uh, very nice. Uh, The Bills, they won their preseason game Saturday, and they've been making moves to trim down the roster ever since. The Bills must cut the roster down to 53 players before 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. I thought we got a good look at some of the people we wanted to see, and now we get a chance to watch it on tape and, and see exactly how they performed. Bills released seven players yesterday, The team opens the regular season two weeks from tonight, September 11th, at the Jets. All right, getting ready for Bills football. And how about this? In Scotland, 
this weekend. The largest hunt for the Loch Ness Monster in 50 years. Was Nori talking about this 10 minutes ago? If not, you know, doing his job for him. That's all right. Volunteers led by the Loch Ness Center using thermal imaging drones, infrared cameras, and a hydrophone tried to detect underwater sights and sounds in the murky lake. Patrick Rebel has more. They have told us they heard a couple of intriguing sounds underwater over the past two days, and that did get them quite excited. But unfortunately, those have turned out to be ducks. But if they do find something, we will keep you posted. All right, I, I hear that. What is it? It, sound, it sounds like this. That's a monster, right? Like, no, no, it's just one of those ducks that you see right in front of you. Um, they'll continue to look. I don't know how much more they need to. But there you go, Loch Ness Monster update for you this morning on WBEN. That's great. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Partly sunny skies today. Temperatures in the mid to upper 70s. A shower or two will pop up inland away from Lake Erie. Tonight, can't rely a shower. Some fog will develop. Overnight lows near 60. Partly sunny on Tuesday, mid-70s. We cool off on Wednesday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Chictawaga Town Councilman Brian Nowak is joining us this morning here on WBEN. Brian, thank you. What happened yesterday to that hotel on Genesee Street that was housing migrants? So yesterday afternoon into the early evening, uh, there was a call to bring out police and fire regarding uh, flooding of a hotel. There was a sprinkler on the third floor. Uh, My understanding is uh, it snapped, flooded out the entire hotel, and made the Best Western on Genesee Street uh, uninhabitable. Now, this has a lot of people kind of asking questions. When's the last time we heard of a sprinkler making an entire hotel uninhabitable Uh, is there concern that something might have happened here well one of the things that happens from time to time is folks may hang things from these sprinklers and if it could snap in such a way to where you can't turn water off and it appears that that could have been what happened in this case so once you get the water going in one of these systems and you can't turn it off somewhere it releases uh, in, in huge volumes and creates big problems. So, so it's not a case where you think it's something suspicious that happened here? My understanding from the folks I've talked to is that's not the case. Uh, and when you get this kind of flooding, too, it can impact things like the electrical system and other situations like that. So I know in the course of the call, um, there were folks that said the power had to get turned off. I don't know if it's been turned on as of this morning, but that's part of the reason that's uninhabitable is the power had to be turned off. Uh, as part of the response. Now the question, where do these people go from here? There was already, you know, such controversy, uh, maybe uh, trouble finding new hotels to host migrants who have been bused to Western New York. What is available for these people now? I know that the initial agreements were made between uh, the city of New York and and hotel owners, and they involved uh, contractors like DotGo. So part of the answer to that is those kind of voluntary agreements. But as far as the, the specifics of that, um, I couldn't tell you exactly who went where this morning. What about the Dingen Street Hotel? Is that still occupied by migrants? 
there has been a plan to relocate those folks um, into the Red Roof Inn that was mentioned prior, and that process was underway. As of this morning, there are still individuals there, and there are still plans to uh, continue that relocation process. There is supposedly a court hearing said to be held on that restraining order. The town board sought to prohibit local hotels from accepting more migrants under the grounds that they would be acting as homeless shelters, uh, basically, something that they're not zoned for. Uh, What are you expecting to hear out of a courtroom today? Is this going to be given a thumbs up or thumbs down and then it ends there? Or does this legal fight go on? Uh, I'm not exactly sure uh, which direction this goes in. Uh, Yesterday's incident could impact some of those proceedings. And, you know, it's it's going to play out uh, step by step. I know there's folks on, on both sides of this issue. And you get into the specifics of the situation. You just have to see uh, what a judge says at step one and work from there. With this restraining order, if it's not granted... Could Chictawaga continue to receive migrants? My understanding from the city and the county and their discussions is there's been a temporary pause um, on on more folks coming in. Um, I again, you know, because of the, the the court proceedings today, I don't want to get into any specifics on that. But to date, uh, we have got the folks that we have, and uh, following uh, court proceedings, we'll know the answer to that. This has been said to be only a temporary solution, but there's really been no word on what exactly we mean by temporary. How long are we expecting these families or these people to be inside hotel rooms, whether it's in Chictawaga or somewhere else? Well, as far as Chictawaga specifically, again, you know, we've got the court proceedings today, but It's important for the listeners to know that, you know, part of the issue at the federal level is the backlog for what's called defensive asylum has been growing for years. And I've heard that there's folks that are their their asylum hearings are out as far as 2026. I don't know if it's the case for particular individuals in in western New York, but it's certainly the case for some individuals that are in the state of New York or other parts of the country. New York as a state has done a better job reducing and clearing its backlog. You've got places like Florida where the defensive asylum backlog is much longer and their courts have not processed them in quite the same way. But it's all case by case, and uh, we would need to know the specifics of each individual. You know, the migrants coming from New York City to Chictawaga or Amherst, do they have their assignment, asylum hearings in back in New York City, or would it be scheduled here? Uh, I couldn't speak on the specifics of each particular person. Uh, All I can say is that these are folks that at the moment are permitted to be in the country. Border Patrol knows that they are here and they're waiting for uh, a day in court. Is this going to continue to be an issue, do you feel, in Cheektowaga? We saw a lot of heated comment at a board meeting just last week. We don't really know what exactly the end point is or where these people will be able to move to if they'll be able to move at all outside of these hotel rooms. Are are people in Chictawaga, do you think, going to continue to look at this as a a top issue for them? I think it's an issue that has been of concern to people, and it's also been an issue that's been politicized because it's an election season. 
but it depends on what comes out of um, out of out of court proceedings and things like that to whether it will be a material issue that the town has to to face. That again, you know, we've got an issue at the that's been going on for a little while at the federal level where we need federal action, and at, at the state level. This is going to be an issue that New York City especially has to deal with. I don't know the specifics for the town of Chitawaga, but you know, my feeling is is that in, in the near future, especially because of the school district situation, this is something that at least the school district is going to have to really contend with. Brian, we appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Brian Nowak, Chitawaga Town Councilman here on WBEN. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.